stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. So it's not often that we have a situation in any industry where a milestone moment can serve as a real game changer. But that's exactly what we see happening right here in the greater Philadelphia region when it comes to accessing affordable, reliable energy resources. And we're really privileged today to be welcoming into Growing Greater a colleague named Ginger Richmond. She is part of the leadership team at NJR Energy Services. Ginger, it's great to have you. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. So, Ginger, I want to start out with a really fundamental question. I referenced NJR. Share with us what that actually means and the type of work that you and your colleagues at NJR are doing every day. NJR, we're an energy infrastructure business. We have five primary subsidiaries and businesses in the energy industry. We have natural gas distribution. We have energy marketing. We have home services that provide services for home comfort. We also have clean energy ventures that provide solar energy and renewables in New Jersey, as well as NJR Midstream. You guys are busy. We are busy. And I know this is going to sound really elementary, but the NJ stands for New Jersey Resources, right? Yes, it does. Excellent. And I want to step back for a moment, Ginger, and I want to learn a little bit about Ginger Richmond. And the reason I say this is we're here in the greater Philadelphia region, and we're talking about the assets that we have in the 11-county neighborhood of northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania. But true to our title of our podcast, Growing Greater, this is all about how companies, individuals, organizations can actually grow and expand and be more successful in their lives, in their careers, in their businesses, in their endeavors. And you've had a really interesting kind of trajectory in your career because you're not native to New Jersey or Pennsylvania, and your career has taken you down this path that has brought you to our beautiful community in New Jersey. Share with us a little bit more about where you got to where you are today as Ginger Richmond with the NJR Energy Services team. You bet. So I started in the gas industry uh, back when it was really just starting off with open access gas transportation Okay. down in Houston, Texas. Okay. As I said, that's where I grew up and was raised and came from a family of people involved in the energy industry. Um, so it just kind of was a natural pathway for me to get into that, I guess. Studied petroleum engineering, decided I was not going to be an engineer, and went to the finance route instead. Okay. And started uh, marketing natural gas. As you said, I guess I started in Houston, yep. but I worked for a company that was headquartered in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, interesting. And so I did spend a lot of time kind of traveling back and forth, and the majority of our markets were right here in Philadelphia, right. behind Philadelphia Electric Gas as well as Philly Gas Works. Okay. Were some of the main customers that we uh, marketed to sure. at that time. And then just really kind of changed as the industry changed as well, and then decided to take an opportunity with NJR about 16 years ago okay. and moved up uh, to this area. Started out marketing natural gas, have done 
with the gas company side as well, so distribution. Yeah. And then uh, now been working on the Adelphia Gateway project that's uh, destined to bring gas here into the Philadelphia region. Absolutely. And I want to dive more into the Adelphia Gateway project in a moment, but I love how your career tentacles actually brought you to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, not only Pittsburgh, but to Philadelphia and the greater Philadelphia energy community as well. That's really intriguing. And I suspect it's probably not that unusual for those who work in the energy space. But I, I want to come back to, if you don't mind, Houston. And I love that you referenced that you kind of came from a family who worked in the energy space. So take us back, if you will, to Ginger Richmond, teenager. Did you kind of have this vision that eh, I'm probably going to work in the energy space somewhere? I'm just not quite sure what I'm going to be doing. I probably did. I guess after being a senior in high school, mm-hmm. went started working for Amico Production back at the time during the summers. I guess that's uh, they had some programs for family members to do there and trying to figure out what portion of that space was. And uh, as I said, studied petroleum engineering, thinking that might maybe that was the avenue, yeah. decided that was not the avenue. And so ended up doing that from an energy perspective, because it's kind of hard being in Houston. Energy was such a big part of the job employment at that time. Yeah. And really, that was the makeup of the majority of the jobs in Houston you sure. know, back in the 80s time frame as well. So yeah. it just kind of did seem like a natural pathway to take. Yeah. And then from there, you were kind of off to the races. Exactly. Yeah. So you referenced you've been in New Jersey for the past 16 years or so. And I'd love for you to take us back to 17 years ago, maybe 18 years ago, when this opportunity potentially started to bubble up and evolve that would have allowed you to leave Houston and go somewhere else in the world. Was that a hard decision to say, I'm going to actually, as a lifelong Houstonian, I'm going to actually pick up and move to another part of the country. It really was a hard decision. It was kind of an interesting story. And when I was at Houston, worked for a company called Coastal Gas Marketing. And New Jersey Natural Gas was one of my customers okay. at that time. And did business with them probably for about 10, 15 years while I was there. I think as NJR Energy Services first started up, probably sold them some of their first molecules of gas at that time. Love that. So I had a really nice long-term relationship with them. Yeah. And I guess if you kind of think back that 16, 17 years ago, that's right, about the time that Enron and some of the other companies were kind of imploding from a gas marketing standpoint. Mm-hmm. And so I really did kind of take stock and say, you know, what kind of company do I want to work for? Where do I want to be? And NJR picked up the phone and said, well, would you consider moving up to New Jersey now? And it really ended up being a good time to do it for my career and for what was happening in the industry at the time. Timing is everything, isn't it? It is indeed. When these opportunities (laughs) present themselves. Yes. And it's been a good move, clearly. It has been a good move. Yeah. Yeah, It's a great company to work with. And it is like a family. You know, everybody always makes fun of us when we say NJR is a family, but it really is. And everybody's there to do the best job, provide the best service to our customers that we can. So this may sound a little elementary as well, but I'd love for you to share with us how you describe New Jersey resources. You meet somebody at a cocktail reception or you're at a family barbecue or a neighborhood gathering and someone says, so Ginger, what do you do? How do you describe that for the average consumer? Because it's not something that, at least from my view as a layperson, that is easy to wrap your head around. That is always an interesting one. You know, I think really from an NJR standpoint, you know, our customers are our top priority mm-hmm. and really serving the needs of our customer you know, is a message that I think everybody at NJR believes that that really is key and being able to provide them with clean, affordable, reliable natural gas yeah. for that. And so everything we do kind of stems from that. So I tell them, you know, really from the industry is being able to provide 
you know, home heat. It's being able to provide the quality of life that we enjoy. Yeah. And kind of do everything from an NJR Energy Services perspective. We market gas across the entire United States, really with the main focus here in the Northeast, being Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really is providing that service to our customers, which is key. Yep. And, you know, one of the things that I often uh, am fond of kind of positioning around energy in general is this notion that we generally as a community take it for granted. We don't realize how fortunate we are to have the energy assets in our communities that we do until there's some sort of interruption. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now what? And then you realize how much you rely on the energy partners in all of our communities to supply access to safe, affordable, reliable gas, electricity that, to your point, they heat our homes. They make our lifestyles much more comfortable and productive. They allow our businesses to operate in much more efficient ways and produce products that people need and that companies are able to produce and create jobs and economic vibrancy. And that whole notion of we take this stuff for granted is kind of a theme that that I often cause people to stop and think about a little bit more. Is that something that happens in your world as well? Absolutely. I think, as you said, it is something that's just taken for granted and people don't have the understanding of how it gets from where it's produced to how it gets to, you know, your home and your business to be able to flip on that light. And, you know, there it is, as you said, or to be able to have warmth in your home. And there is an entire infrastructure across the United States, across Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. you know, that brings that energy to the consumer. Right. And that infrastructure that you just referenced and, and this notion of access to safe and reliable energy that I was referencing a moment ago, your team at New Jersey Resources actually has a vision for something called the Adelphia Gateway Project. And I was hoping you could share with us how your team is reimagining this asset and what it is and and what you're doing to make it even better. So with the Adelphia Gateway Project, we found an asset that's already in the ground. It's a pipeline that's already been constructed and is the ground in uh, southeast Pennsylvania. It was originally built as an oil pipeline to move oil from Marcus Hook up to Northampton County, Pennsylvania, to serve two power plants, Lower Mount Bethel and Martins Creek. And so that was really what its original purpose was. And then IEC, who owns the pipeline currently, they converted the north part, the 30 miles, to natural gas about 10 years ago. Okay. And it flows enough to power almost 2 million homes currently for those two power plants in northeast Pennsylvania. Wow. And so our objective then is to take this asset and we're going to convert the remaining 50 miles in the south zone and flow gas from central Pennsylvania, as you said, coming from the Marcellus Shell and from Pennsylvania produced gas supply and bring that gas down here into the Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. It really is de-bottlenecking a currently constrained part of Philadelphia that has a difficult time getting additional energy into it because most of the pipelines that serve that area today are already fully subscribed for right. firm transportation. So some of the manufacturers, industrial customers in that area really can't get firm, reliable service currently from those pipelines. And so our project will bring that much needed natural gas into the lower Philadelphia area. That makes perfect sense and bring a little bit of relief and a little bit of additional access to a resource that's constrained, to your point. And I just want to point out, just for folks who may not have a level of appreciation for the nuance, Marcus Hook is a neighborhood, actually, a town 
town in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, that actually borders Newcastle County, Delaware. And it's also the home of a really stellar infrastructure that's known as the Marcus Hook Industrial Complex. And that's essentially one of the endpoints of the Adelphia Gateway project pipeline. Is that fair? That is fair, yes. yes. And it is along that entire corridor that our gas will be able to serve those customers and bring a much-needed supply. As I said, and the nice beauty with this project is since the majority of the pipeline, 84 miles of the pipeline, is already in the ground, yep. we will just be building four miles of lateral transportation and pipe in the ground to be able to serve specific in-use customers in that area. But with that, it minimizes the environmental impact. Yeah, Since it's totally. existing there in the other, it minimizes the environmental, better for the consumers, better for the environment from that standpoint, to be able to repurpose existing infrastructure in the ground. Totally. Very little disruption to the neighborhoods and to the communities that are already along that pipeline kind of corridor, if you will. Okay. So, Ginger, I want to shift here just for a moment, and I don't want to oversimplify this, but this notion of looking at an asset like an existing pipeline and converting it for new use is really brilliant. And I'd love for you to take us into kind of the planning and strategy room with your team at NJR. How did this idea come about? Is it something that's been on the drawing board forever and people were like, how do we make it happen? Or did somebody come in one day and say, hey, I have a, I have a great idea? You know, it was a little bit of a mix. As I mentioned before, a lot of NJR, you know, we listen to our customers. And so we do serve natural gas as NJR Energy Services in mm-hmm. this Philadelphia area. And it really kind of stemmed from having conversations with our customers mm-hmm. and them telling us about their concern of being able to get reliable, affordable energy and natural gas to their facilities. And so we really, from our project development team, you know, took a look at all the maps kind of looked at all the infrastructure that was available in the area to see, you know, what are possibilities? Right. You know, what can we do? Right. And then we did kind of move across uh, this asset and had a relationship with the company and some people there and started the conversation with them as well and said, look, you have this asset you're not really utilizing currently. Down in this area, we have customers that have a need. You know, what do you think? Yeah, that makes sense. And it stemmed from there. And this is also, I'm pulling another page out of the, I don't want to oversimplify this thing, but was it hard? I mean, were there barriers? Were there hurdles that your team had to overcome in making this vision a reality? Well, I guess we're still working on that process. You know, as with any pipeline project, there are requirements and we are currently going through the federal energy regulatory process of filing our application to build this project and convert the pipeline pipeline over. You know, there is uh, rigorous and intensive um, environmental reviews uh, that are done as part of that uh, certificate process Mm -hmm. as well. So I guess, you know, it's definitely been ongoing. We've had positive results. We've had support, as I said, from a lot of the customers here. But, you know, there is a growing movement of wanting only clean energy or wanting no infrastructure, you know, whatsoever. However, you do have a need, and for economic growth to occur, you do have to be able to bring in affordable, reliable energy. Absolutely. And so this project really kind of fits both of those bills. Does just that. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. So, Ginger, one of the things that we've been talking about is the impact of a project like the Adelphia Gateway Project. And I was hoping you could expand on how, when we ultimately are able to unlock the supply of natural gas through an initiative like Adelphia Gateway Project, 
it can have a ripple effect in such a positive way for consumers and businesses that can ultimately benefit from the investment of time and resources that your team is making. Right, absolutely. With the Adelphia Gateway Project, we will be bringing in about 250,000 decatherms of gas per day via transportation on our pipeline. And that will serve up to 250,000 homes in the area. In addition, Kimberly-Clark is located in Chester City, Delaware mm-hmm. County. Yep. They're manufacturer here in the lower Philadelphia area, and they will be a customer and are converting over a coal generation plant mm-hmm. over to clean burning natural gas. And with that, they'll be able to be keeping 600 jobs in the area. They currently employ those number of people there, as well as they will be reducing their greenhouse gas emissions. So this is a big part of their energy initiative. They'll be reducing the greenhouse gas emissions by 300,000 tons per year when that facility is converted over. Wow, that's no small feat when you think about the impact of a cleaner burning type of facility and how it has a ripple effect on the surrounding environment. Absolutely. Very impressive. I want to talk a little bit about timeline, and it's general. I don't want you to get specific. We're not going to hold you to to exact (laughs) dates, right? But just to help folks appreciate, you referenced the 600 jobs that are being essentially saved by this new infrastructure. You referenced the enhancement to the environmental impact that a coal-burning, co-generation type of facility has had and now will be enhanced because of a cleaner-burning, natural gas access type of facility. And just so folks are aware, Kimberly-Clark is a global paper manufacturer that makes all kinds of different kinds of paper products, and they happen to make very significant paper coming out of the Chester, Delaware County facility that employs those 600 folks. It used to be a Scott paper facility that you would reference, Ginger, and has been part of the Kimberly-Clark family, I think, since the mid-90s or so. So timeline, how long does something like this take place, and when would we expect to see, roughly speaking, a facility convert from a coal-burning cogeneration to a, a natural gas-fueled facility? I guess kind of the process from a Delphia perspective, we filed for our FERC certificate over a year ago, last January. Yep. Going through that process, we anticipate getting our FERC certificate either April, May, and it'll take about six to nine months worth of construction to do that. And then we'll be ready to serve Cumberland Clark and the other. So their time frame is probably late 2019, 2020 to be able to have that facility converted. Wow. That's actually really impressive and much more timely than I think the average consumer would expect. Right. And I think Kimberly Clark did start their process and with their initiatives and their things a while back as well. Yeah. That makes sense. And I really appreciate you sharing with us what I would call a really tangible example of how an investment in infrastructure that's being made by a private company like New Jersey Resources is having an impact. And I want to parlay this part of the conversation into other kind of initiatives that your team is involved with because it really dovetails perfectly. And I'd love for you to talk with us more about this clean energy ventures that you're investing in as an organization. Yeah, with that, I guess we really feel, you know, energy is essential to our economy, to our lifestyle in everything that we do. Yeah. You know, natural gas is an important part of that mix, but we do know that that energy landscape is changing. Mm-hmm. And so really as a corporation and as a company, you know, we had that vision about six years ago mm-hmm. that energy landscape was going to change. 
and we started up a NJR Clean Energy Ventures. Okay. And at that time, I'm investing in home and commercial industrial solar installations to mm. provide solar energy to our customers. That's really smart to be yeah. thinking about how do we diversify and how do we adapt to what we're hearing, to your point earlier, to what we're hearing from our customers. Because consumers, whether they're businesses or individuals, they want to embrace a clean energy space. So for us as an industry to not listen to the customer doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So it's really smart for NJR to embark on this, what I would call very structured approach to clean energy by creating this clean energy ventures kind of unit or initiative or policy within the organization. And I'd love for you to expand a little bit on that and talk about the balance of how fossil fuel, traditional energy access like gas complements supports and allows for the growth of renewables like solar or other kinds of assets that may not be part of the NJR platform today, but could be as things evolve. Absolutely. You know, as we mentioned, as clean energy becomes a bigger part of our mix, Mm -hmm. you know, natural gas provides that bridge fuel, and it also provides that safe, reliable fuel when renewables are intermittent, Mm -hmm. right? I guess if you think of renewables, you think currently of wind, well, the wind doesn't blow 24 hours a day, right. 365 days a year. And same thing with solar, right? The sun doesn't shine all of those times either. So really by being able to bring in clean natural gas as another fuel mix for electric generation over coal or some other fossil fuels, then it does allow us to broaden the scope and have more options available. And mm-hmm. I think it provides that bridge and that opportunity You know, while we investigate, test, and new technologies, I guess, drive other potential clean energies. Yeah. And Ginger, I want to actually dovetail into a conversation about growth in the greater Philadelphia region, because I know you and your team are involved with our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia, of which Select Greater Philadelphia is part of. And specifically, you're working with and through our Greater Philadelphia Energy Action Team to really collaborate with other like-minded folks in the professional services world, in the energy space, to really identify those hurdles and overcome some of those hurdles. And a lot of what we do at Select Greater Philadelphia is centered on business attraction. How do we get a company who's based somewhere else in the world to look at Greater Philadelphia and say, wow, I didn't realize the infrastructure, the cost of doing business, the quality of life, the access to great talent, in addition to access to great energy resources, is available. What do you share with a prospect who's thinking about establishing operations in this region, or maybe they're already here and they want to expand? What kind of guidance do you give a business like that that needs access to safe, reliable energy assets? And one of the reasons I love asking someone like you in in your position this question is because you do have such a broad portfolio of experience outside the greater Philadelphia region. So you come at it with a, a really thoughtful approach that can compare one community to another and weigh those features and benefits. I mean, I think one of the advantages really of the Philadelphia region is you have the Delaware River, you have access to waterways. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia is centrally located between Washington, D.C., between New York, you know, fairly close to Boston as well. So you have close proximity to a lot of areas. Also, I think as part of Philadelphia and its history, having you know, manufacturing uh, facilities, having various brownfield sites as well, really does allow 
companies to come in that do need extra forms of energy mm-hmm. and really be able to grow and prosper in the region. Right. I think, you know, as you mentioned too, nice thing with Philadelphia, you do have some great universities here yep. in town as well, which you said, because it's just as important not only having reliable energy, but it is having that talent pool to be able to draw people here as well. Absolutely, especially in the engineering space. And we have world-class engineering universities in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware that are all fueling hopefully your team, as well as the projects that are popping up, if you will, along the Delaware River to produce that growth as well. I was hoping you could dive in a little bit more to GP because we're thrilled that New Jersey Resources actually sees the value in being part of this broader community of folks who are addressing not just the opportunities, but addressing the hurdles and trying to navigate those in a collective way so that everybody benefits. And if you could elaborate a little bit more on why GP is such an important kind of component for the type of work that you and your colleagues are doing. As we mentioned, you know, energy is the basis of everything we do. It's part of our everyday life. Yeah. As mentioned, we'd sometimes take it for granted. And I think that it's really important, and we as a company think it's important for private and public sectors to really work work together, communicate openly, because the best way to come up with good creative solutions is to have a good diverse background of people talking about the issues, trying to come up with solutions of, you know, how do we make this work? Yeah. 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 And that is really a part of what the Greater Philadelphia Action Team, you know, is. And we're thrilled to be part of it because it does allow us that collaborative working relationship. Yeah. And it's much better to kind of work on projects with peers than it is to do it in a silo. And you're much more powerful that way as well. uh, And I think in the long run, you actually end up with a much better solution when you do that as well. Outstanding. Yeah, definitely. So folks, that's Ginger Richmond. She is part of the NJR Energy Services team, New Jersey Resources. She and her team are constructing and converting, I should say, an existing pipeline called the Adelphia Gateway Project. It's an 84-mile stretch of pipeline. 34 of those miles have already been converted and the team at NJR are converting an additional 50 plus or minus miles of existing pipeline tacking on four miles of what's the right word ginger laterals laterals thank you i was going to call them tentacles uh, (laughs) that allow businesses and consumers to access much needed natural gas to heat their homes and power their businesses ginger i want to shift to two questions So having grown up in greater Houston and now living in greater New Jersey, what kind of feedback, what kind of questions, what kind of um, perspective do you share with friends and family and colleagues who are still in the greater Houston area about what it's like to live in greater Philadelphia and in the New Jersey community where you are currently residing? I'd probably say absent the cold winters, you know, it's really been a great move. There is so much to do. In this area, you can be in the mountains, you can be at the beach, you can be in the city, you can be in the country, all within a matter of less than 30 minutes to an hour. So there's a lot of things you can do with that, where in Houston, you know, it can take an hour just to get from one side of Houston to the other side of Houston. Right. So it's um, very different from that standpoint. So that I would say, you know, the people opportunity to do such a diverse amount of things and being accessible to so many different regions has really been a great situation to be in. That's great to really hear. Really enjoy it, yeah. Yeah, that's great to hear. And you're you're so right. And that's one of the things I love about the greater Philadelphia region is its proximity and its access to so many other kinds of features. And frankly, this is all luck where our community ended up 
you know, kind of establishing and growing over the past 250 plus or minus years is really just a matter of good fortune that we're close to this and we're close to that. And the weather conditions uh, are generally speaking pretty favorable compared to other parts of the world, for example. So yeah, it is a special community. So from a professional perspective, I'd love to get your perspective on something that kind of keeps you up at night, if you will. You can change one thing about the energy sector. It could be regulatory. It could be environmental. It could be financial. It could be brand and image and awareness or education or whatever you think that could be a game changer for the industry. And what I often say is, if you think about this, you can change this one thing. And if we could just get that one thing right, it would really move the needle across the industry sector. You know, I think we talked on it a little bit when we really were talking about GP and having a collaborative relationship, because I think the key to the energy infrastructure is going to be collaboration. We have to come up with solutions. Clean energy is going to be part of that. There's going to be some mix of other fuels, because I don't think as a nation we can rely on just one type of energy source and continue to have a good, strong economy. So I guess probably the thing that does keep me awake a little bit you know, is how do we continue to strive as you move through changes in the regulatory environment, climate change and everything else with Mm -hmm. that, of making sure everybody's talking and working collaboratively to come up with solutions. Because a a no, no, no mentality doesn't really get us where we are going to need to be. Right. And it really is how do we work together knowing that everybody does want clean energy and affordable energy at that and make that happen. Ginger Richmond, New Jersey Resources, Energy Services Team. I'm so appreciative for you being here for a couple reasons, and I just want to touch on those for a moment. One is your team at NJR, you're actually doing something about the challenge that we've often talked about, which is creating infrastructure that allows access to more safe, reliable, and affordable energy assets. So thank you for actually stepping up and investing the time and resources and ingenuity to convert an existing pipeline. I know it sounds very opportunistic, but it's not easy. And your team is actually doing it. So for that, we're so appreciative of what you and your team at New Jersey Resources is doing. And I'm also very appreciative that you've taken time out to join us right here on our podcast, Growing Greater. Great. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being here, and we really appreciate the opportunity to come talk to you about our project because we do think it's a pretty special project. No doubt about it.